Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Predator Radio. So welcome back, everybody. We took a little pause from Season 1, where we focused on introduction-type things for predator hunting, how to get started calling. We had a bunch of neat uh, guys with a whole lot of experience on um, that walked everybody through uh, calling, rifle selection, um, tournaments. We had, we had a whole bunch of cool stuff. So season two is going to focus a little more on the meat and potatoes of, uh, you've got started and you kind of want to, um, take it to the next level. So what I want to talk about today is a topic that I think is overlooked and, um, needs to be, have a little more attention. A lot of people, have trouble getting land. So what I want to talk about today is how to obtain land, how to, what I think the best way to ask for permissions and, um, just how to get access. So overall in predator hunting, you never have enough land, um, unless you have just either so much land that you can't cover it all, or you just have a schedule where you can't hunt and you can't hit your spots very often. Uh, 95% of the people you talk to that predator hunt seriously are going to tell you it's all about how much dirt you got, how, how much land you have, the more land you have, obviously, and the frequency that you hunt, the more land you have, the less often you're going to be hitting your spots. So you're not going to burn them out as quick. But before we get into, um, covering, you know, kind of how I go about getting land and permissions is I think we need to back up and talk about kind of the, uh, uh, the topic that we all need to be on the same page. And that is ethics of property rights. So as, um, predator hunting becomes more popular, we're getting more people asking for land. We're getting, uh, more hunters in, in a more, you know, dense area. Um, when I started doing this, you know, 10 years ago, you, you wouldn't hear anybody else out calling. You wouldn't see anybody else, anything. Now that, uh, you know, fast forward 10 years forward, I'm out doing it four or five nights a week, 52 weeks out of the year. Um, it's not uncommon to, you know, throw out a howl and, and hear a, a call howl back. And they thought, you know, that you were, you were a coyote and you end up calling back and forth to, Billy Bob down three farms down. So the, the issue that, um, a lot of people that kind of plagues the industry is ethics and land. So when I go teach seminars, um, for Predator Academy, uh, JD and I travel all around and, you know, and teach some seminars. And that's one of the topics that we agree that we need to cover in each seminar, whether the seminars on calling, whether it's on, uh, you know, tactics, anything, we always throw this in. And that is, um, you know, respect in other people's land. So there's kind of t- two parts to this respect in the property owner's land, meaning respect gates, fences, obviously, you know, we don't want to be damaging the fences, leaving gates open, livestock getting out, all that stuff that kind of goes unsaid. Um, and, and I don't think most of the people that hunt, I, I talk to landowners all over and why, I mean, all over, like all over the country. I travel out west, 
about every six to eight weeks and hunt out there. I'm hunting five nights a week around me. Um, farmers are usually pretty good about it as far as um, what they say predator hunters do as far as their land. What I'm talking about is um, you show up to a farm and you say, hey, you know, I, I'd like to, uh, to, you know, shoot coyotes on your property or I'd like to call on your property. I always say I like to call. Um, I think it sounds a little better than, Hey, I just want to come shoot on your property. Um, and you, you show up to the farmer and you say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, call on your property. And the first thing he says, well, that that's fine. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, Bob down the street, he calls on it too, but, uh, you know, we got coyotes, so you're welcome to, you're welcome to call as well. The first thing I do when I hear that is uh, I say, I, I confirm like a, hey, uh, Bob down the street, he's, he's hunted actively. Like he's been here in the past six months or so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he stops by and, and, and he calls. Well, the first thing I'll do is, Hey, I, I appreciate the, the offer to access, but out of respect to who you have hunting it, I'm going to decline. If you ever need anything in the future, or if he backs out, moves, hangs it up, uh, decides not to, here's my card. Um, give me a call. But it's 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 just a bad idea for two people to be hunting the same land, and the reason is it really screws both people. So I I show up, you know, I show up and I start calling the same farm that Bob calls. Bob doesn't know what sounds I'm using. I don't know what sounds he's using. I don't know his calling style. I don't know how frequently he's hitting it. You know, I some of my farms that I hit very frequently. When I say frequently, I got farms I hit every. Uh, probably twice a month as far as for predator management for livestock. So those farms I call significantly different than the farm I hit once every three or four months. And there, and I, I call very soft, very subtle because I'm picking dogs out there. I'm being successful almost every time I go. And that's because I have a plan for how I call. So when you have two people hunt the same property, it's really hard to make that plan of, uh, how, I mean, if you're not communicating with him, you're not making a plan at all. You're going in there, throwing out a bunch of sounds. He's going in there, throwing out a bunch, bunch of sounds. And what you're probably doing is picking off one or two dumb coyotes and educating all the rest. And it just, it screws both people. And I think a lot of hunters are so hungry for land that they overlook, they overlook the, uh, I guess I keep referring back to the word ethics, like, they, they overlook respecting the other hunters. And what will happen is you'll quickly get a reputation. You know, all these landowners talk. They all go to the grain elevator to buy seed. They all go to McDonald's, butt crack of dawn to get their coffee. And they know, all know each other. So as soon as you show up and start, you know, screwing with somebody else's land or or uh, making another predator hunter not as successful, and that gets back to the landowner, um, it, it'll just, it'll blackball you pretty quick. And that's just one of the things I can't emphasize enough is there's plenty of land out there. Go out there, establish your own relationships. Um, and, and I tell the, the landowners that I, you know, if I'm first on land, I, I tell them up front, Hey, if somebody else asks to call this property, um, my, my style is to only have one person you know, call it a time. So if you'd rather somebody else call it, that's, it's your land. That's your right. 
However, do me a favor and call me and let me know so I can back out and I'll take it off my, off my map list. And, uh, and I'll, I'll stop calling the property if you prefer somebody else come in and do it. Now, with that being said, I've got hundreds and hundreds of stands here in Ohio. I've got tons of land in, uh, Oklahoma. I've got land in Kansas, Texas, Indiana, um, all over. And I have never had a property owner call me and say, Hey, um, I've, I've got somebody else I want to have come in and, and call this. Now I have had property owners call and say, Hey, my, uh, my son or my nephew or somebody wants to call coyotes. Um, would you take him out with you? And that's another advantage, having a good relationship with the farmers, having good equipment, you know, running good thermals and everything. I have a whole guest gun set up. Usually my wife uses it, but if somebody wants to go out with me, I have a whole suppressed rifle set up that they can, they can use right there with me. And that's one of the things you got to do. Like I, I hunt alone most of the time, but every once in a while if a farmer says, Hey, you know, I sometimes it's even the farmer himself. I'd like to go out and see what you do at night. Man, that's, that's part of keeping those relationships. So you may have to take a farmer out and let him shoot a couple of coyotes or his son or his nephew or whoever, but that networking is what keeps that land access going. So as far as getting the land itself, um, every, everybody has a different tactic and I've tried a bunch of stuff, man. When I started, I tried, uh, I had flyers I'd stick in people's mailboxes um, I, I had all kinds of different things and I grew up on a farm. So my dad was, uh, he, he was, he was a type of person that if he was doing something, he didn't really want to be bothered. So, um, and I was kind of raised, you don't bother people on their time. You don't really bother people on Sundays. It's just kind of the, the, the way it is. So what I do is I have never knocked on a door and asked for permission to hunt. Um, now I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that the, what I've done is I'll go out, um, of a morning or an evening, um, especially on a Saturday or something. And if I see a farmer out, you know, he's, he's working the ground or, or whatever, I'll pull in, introduce myself, give him a card, um, and say, you know, I, I'd appreciate access to call your land. And, uh, if you want to, if you want to think it over, just give me a call. And nine times out of 10, after I talk to them for a little bit, they'll say, have at it. I always get a phone number in case I got to get a hold of somebody, um, to kind of verify it. I don't, a lot of these old guys, you got to check your, your state laws on, you know, if you need written permission or this and that, a lot of these farmers, man, they don't, they'll give you access to their land, but the hell if they're going to put anything in writing. So if you, if you feel like you need written permission, um, some of the permission slips have a liability waiver on it. And that's kind of a nice segue of, Hey, I understand you don't really want to sign anything, but just to protect you, this permission slip has a, has a liability waiver on it. If I go out here and twist my ankle and break it, um, it just says that there's no way that you're responsible whatsoever. So if you have to have written permission, sometimes that's a, a good way to kind of segue into that. Um, I just kind of go with what they say. Where I'm at, uh, you can't be trespassing unless the property owner files is the complainant for trespassing. So um, you want to check your local laws. Be sure you're following your, you know, 
your state laws for if you need written permission or not, your hunting rules, uh, you know, state law and hunting rules are kind of two different things, but you need to abide by both of them. So, uh, written permission is kind of up to you. I, I just get the farmer's phone number, his contact info. I put it in on X, um, the mapping software or app I use to keep track of everything. And then I put, if I need to text first or call, um, a lot of these guys, if, you know, if they don't know you, they'll say, Hey, just, you know, let me know if you're gonna be on the property. Um, like I say, I hunt by myself quite a bit. So it's always the same truck. I always tell them if you see a big white Dodge diesel truck pull in, uh, that's me. And that'll always be the only truck that you'll see on your property if I'm hunting it. Um, so I don't bother them at home. I try to, uh, you know, respect their time, keep it brief and, uh, you know, catch them outside. Another thing is, you know, where are all these, like earlier I said, these guys all hang out at the, buy their seed at the local grain elevator. You know, um, we have a big thing called farm science review that I've gone to. Um, so go to where these places are and, and just talk to the farmers and say, Hey, who's, who's got livestock, who's got predator problems. You know, I got a saying, you know, where there's cows, there's coyotes. Um, talk to these local livestock guys, go to the auctions and just, you know, network with them. And, and even if you're there for another reason, you know, um, you know, I've gone to farm sales where you're, you're buying goats or sheep or something, but it doesn't mean you can't go over to the cattle barn and talk to the guys over there go to the county fair and when you're walking around the fair with your kid whatever go by the uh goat barn and cattle barn and you know talk to these guys and say hey if you ever have a problem give me a call and just i leave it open-ended like that now i have a special phone number just for that um through google and so i know when that line rings it's something predator hunting related which is nice um it's a free service you can get through google google voice and registry a phone number just for predator hunting and put, I put those on my cards. And when that phone rings, by golly, I answer it no matter what I'm doing. And, uh, it's, it's worked out a lot of times really well. Um, and then, you know, I happen to be in law enforcement. So sometimes when I'm working, you know, I'll, I'll run into people. I mean, I've got land. Heck, I've had farmers get in an accident before, and you know, say, Hey, aren't you that coyote guy? And can you come out on my land? And you know, it just, it kind of goes from there. So just wherever you're at, remember that, um, you never know who somebody else knows. And I always just kind of throw it out there open-ended. I don't be pushy about it. I don't, um, you know, try to say, can you give me an answer right now? Um, you know, and I explain, I'll, you know, I respect your fences, your gates, your livestock. Um, another thing without getting too sidetracked is if you hunt suppressed, that really, really helps. Now it really helps your hunting in general. And that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. We actually go over that a little bit in Predator Academy. It's not going to burn your land as fast. There's some tactics that, that you can use where you shoot over top of the call and the call covers up the shot, so you have much better chances of getting doubles and triples and quads. Um, doubling up suppressed is no problem. Um, a triple, if you play your cards right, uh, shouldn't be a problem. Um, I luck out and get quads by myself maybe every 
two or three months, I can, I can end up dropping four on a stand if, if, if the cards play out right. I'm a hundred percent convinced I could not do, I couldn't do it, um, unsuppressed. I think that's the difference. Now there's a whole lot of things I do with call volume and, you know, in the shots and everything to try to do that. But the biggest thing is, is, um, run the suppressed. It, it just really helps. So it helps your hunting in general. It helps not burning your land, how quick you can come back after you shoot as well. However, for this topic of getting access to land, I always tell people, Hey, um, you know, I do shoot suppressed. It won't, it shouldn't bother your livestock. You probably won't hear the shot. Um, I run thermal, so you won't see lights out here shining. Um, it should not bother anything on your property. And I think that makes a big difference. Nothing gets people up more in the middle of the night than 2 a.m. and a rifle shot cracks off out in your field. You can bet even if somebody gave you permission to be out there, they're going to get up and check and see what, what's going on. Um, so most of my farmers, and when I say most, I mean probably, shoot, 80% of them never know I'm there. So that leads to topic number two of when you get permission, it really helps. Let me back up. When you get permission, the second phase of it is keeping permission because other people are coming in and asking or the farmers, if you're doing it right, in my opinion, and you're quiet and they never hear you, they don't know if you're hunting it or not. So the second phase of this is keeping permission, stay in touch with the farmers. So what I do is... My good farmers, and when I say good, I mean guys that give me a lot of land, a couple thousand acres or more. I go get gift cards, and once a year I drive around and, and give give uh, a lot of them gift cards to the local steakhouse. And e- even if you're not doing that, just give them a call every once in a while or stop by. Um, I always tell the farmers, hey, I owe you a favor because you're letting me hunt. You ever need anything, need help, you're short one day, a person bailing hay, um, you know, whatever you need around the farm, if you need something, give me a call. Like, I owe you for you letting me hunt. So stay in touch with these guys. Stop in. I check in with my good farmers probably every three months. Now I just pull in and, hey, you been hearing anything, uh, been seeing any anything around and uh then i snap a picture on my phone real quick of most of the dogs i shoot um just because i used to count and keep track and i don't even do that anymore i don't i have no clue um we're about halfway through 2022 and well we're coming up beginning of may and i got no clue how many dogs i've shot this year um i used to count you know the people on the internet they'll do like number 96, number 113, and they keep it down to a T. And what I found was I was spending more time on an app trying to track how many coyotes I had done and, you know, where at and time of day or night and all this, that I was spending more time doing that than I was hunting. And it got to be too much work. So now, I don't know, I shoot a hundred and some, maybe 200 a year. Now that I'm going out West, it, it racks up a lot quicker. When I was staying here in Ohio, 
Um, I could guess about how many I had. Now that we're going out west and we're getting 30, 40 a, a trip, that I, I have no clue how many. But show the farmers some pictures. Hey, man, I've, I've got these off your land. Like, we're making a den in it. So, and they like seeing that. They they like knowing that you're effective and, and you're out there doing something and not and not disturbing anything. So stay in touch with them. That helps keep the land. Um, you know, once you get the land, be sure that uh, you keep it, stay in touch. And then if for some reason that land just does not produce um, and you back out of it, let the farmer know. Tell them, say, hey, uh, man, I've hit your spot six, eight, ten times in a row and it just hasn't produced. I'm probably going to take it off my list. However... If you have a problem in the future, you hear them, see them, anything, can you give me a call? Otherwise, I'm going to take you off my rotation. Um, I I plan my stuff of an evening. I plan like what part of a county I'm going to go to, and I hit most of my stands in that area. So I, I kind of have a, I don't have a list, but I have a map with an area that I systematically hit things in. Before I did that, what I found was, is I was cherry picking all my good spots. I was neglecting what I thought were my bad spots. And when I got to a bad spots, I'd be overrun by coyotes because I hadn't been there for six months and my good spots, I wore them out. So I tried to discipline myself to going by like quadrants on a map. Um, if I'm going to be hunting a certain County, I'm going to hit all of my stuff on the Northeast side of that County that night. Then two, three nights later, I may hit the Northwest side of that County. Then the next night, I'll jump to a different county and hit part of it. And then the the fourth night, I'll come back and hit southwest part of the first county I was in. So I jump around like that. and uh, But that's why when I say I'll take it off my list is I take it off my map and uh, take it out of the kind of out of the rotation. So um, as far as getting land... Just kind of remember, it's all about networking. It's all about etiquette. Um, it's about being willing to step up and help these guys if they need something. You know, it's a two-way road. They're opening up their land to you. You're the guest, and that's something that needs to be uh, needs to be respected. As an industry, there's parts of this predator hunting industry that have got a bad name. Um, I've showed up to multiple places. I said, when I, I'd like to coyote hunt. And the first thing they'll say is, hell no. Them guys came through here with dogs and the dogs run through my property and they cut my fences to drive their four wheelers through. And it's just a nightmare of a story. Well, by the time I get done hearing the story, I'm embarrassed to be doing anything related to predator hunting. Then I have to explain, man, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not running them with dogs. I'm not driving my ATV through your property. I'm not pushing. I'm going to walk out in the middle of the field. I'm going to call. I'm going to shoot with a precision rifle what comes in. And I'm going to drag the dead dog out with me and take all my stuff with me. And you'll never know I was here. And then once you hear that, a lot of times they'll come around. Some of these guys are so jaded uh, at a bad experience that they're not going to let anybody... Uh, do anything on their property related to coyotes and there's nothing you can do about that but respect their wishes it's their land but sometimes you are going to have to overcome some obstacles of 
um, a previous bad experience they've run across. And that's just kind of part of being an ambassador of predator hunting is we all have to set a good example. Unfortunately, like any industry, um, there's bad apples in the basket. And it's not just in predator hunting, it's in everything. Um, I got a lot of people that, I should say a lot, some people that don't care for me because I'm a law enforcement. They don't like uh, law enforcement. Well, that's because some bad apples in our industry probably uh, crossed paths with them and they have a um, negative perception. And that's their right. But it's the job of the good cops to come along and try to leave a positive experience with those people and maybe one day change their mind. And it's the same thing with predator hunting. There's guys in the industry that, that uh, leave a bad taste in some property owner's mouth and you have to... If you come in contact with those, you just have to do your best to to try to change that to a positive, and if not, that's their right. So um, in closing, um, good luck to everybody. Go out there, get as much land as you can. Try to be a positive ambassador to predator hunting. Um, be a good representative, and um, good luck hunting everybody. It's uh, it's getting to be more popular of a sport, more popular um, for everybody to do, and there's enough land for everybody. So, be sure to, in closing, be sure to like and subscribe to our, uh, like our Facebook page, um, subscribe to Predator Academy on YouTube. Predator Academy is the video version of Predator Radio, but we go in much more depth. And lastly, um, don't forget to thank our sponsors or support our sponsors. Without their help, this podcast would not be, um, it wouldn't be on the air. So Predator Precision um, covers most of the cost for all of this. And then also um, Thermo Optics Plus and DNA uh, firearms also um, helps immensely with all this. Thermal Optics Plus and DNA are also sponsors for Predator Academy, so they do a, a lot to help with that as well. So remember that when you're when you're out there, either you're going to be looking for a custom rifle, or you're going to be getting uh, you know thermal night vision something. Thermal Optics Plus has they both have amazing customer service. And uh, just remember to support our sponsors and kind of support those that support us. Thank you, guys.